Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, January the 18th in 2024 on When I Rise. Today we continue Year B, the third Sunday of Epiphany, and on the Thursday of the week, let's take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, and this week of the church's calendar year, and so we find ourselves in the book of 1 Corinthians, we'll go to chapter 7, verses 29 through 31, so we read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise, let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Corinthians chapter 7, verses 29 through 31. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. This is the word of God for us. All right, so this is an interesting passage, and it's kind of interesting that it lands in the Revised Common Lectionary, um, and it seems that uh, it's good to cover, of course, any section of Scripture. And uh, I think the the lectionary divines, they try to make sure that there's a full picture whenever uh, these passages are selected to be uh, read in a choir and a chorus together. And so uh, one can scratch your head and say, what exactly we got going on here? But uh, we have to keep in mind that these verses are in a wider context, of course. Um, Paul is trying to you know, give an appeal to the Corinthian church. It's a church that he had established, that he you know, remained in the city limits for quite some time went away and he saw that his uh, his influence there, the favor that he had earlier was slipping away. And so he's trying to give an appeal. He's trying to help sort out some issues that are within the church. Uh, we could say that you know the church in Corinth had a bunch of rascals in it, man. They have all these profound issues. But uh, when he came to like the marriage relationship, he began to give some admonition. And this is kind of a digression that starts earlier in the chapter. And this one thing that I'll uh, call to our attention once again is that in verse 10, he says, To the married I give this command, and then in, at least in my translation, it says, Not I, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, okay? And then he says in verse 12, To the rest I say this, I, not the Lord. If another brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. So there's a sense where Paul is trying to, within his rugged uh, morality, that framework that he got um, as a first century Second Temple Jew, uh, he's trying to hold fast to some uh, tried and true traditional things uh, from his background. But he's also venturing out into the wider Gentile world, planting churches everywhere. So he has to say some things, and he, there's some times where Paul says things that are timeless, and there are, th- there are things at times where he says that are timely. And uh, when we're in the Corinthian letters in particular, and this is, if you're, you know, if this piques your interest, there's a great uh, line of, of scholarship on this, where we don't sometimes see this in our English translations, but um, there's sometimes where Paul is like mimicking or he's quoting some of his opponents. So if you just translate that flatly from, the manuscripts, it looks like Paul's saying those things, 
when in fact he's actually like mimicking or maybe he's even like chiding it by repeating it he wants to repeat it because of the absurdity of it right and so it just takes a lot of meticulous work to try to figure out okay to bracket off what does paul say that's timeless and what are some things that he says that are timely and of course as the the church continues to get bigger and bigger and goes all over the globe um individuals and communities will begin to you know say well he's this is timeless from paul this is um timely and vice versa but here we do have this we you know have this pretty clear distinction where he says you know god specifically says this this is not from myself but it's from the lord but then there are times he's like you know like if it's up to me if you're asking me this is from me and not the lord it's almost like he, he brings that wisdom that advice down a shelf so as to not to proclaim the word of the Lord, but the, the word of Paul, who's a servant of the Lord, nevertheless, still weighty words. And so that, there's a sense here when we, if we were to read these verses that we're praying about um, in abstentia, we would say, man, Paul's like this, the downer at the party. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, if we're married, should we, you know, cut babe with our spouse? Um, should we really own no possessions? Like, is this like the spirit of the law? Is this the letter of the law? And so what we could say, and I, um, I listened to uh, a podcast that is co-hosted by Dan McClellan. He's a, a scholar, and he says that, um, you know, for Paul, it seems, when he's planning churches and he's enacting the gospel, he um, he's relatively, and we see this in as early as First Thessalonians, like he's pretty convinced that um, Jesus' return can be pretty imminent. And so why put down deep roots? Because it could get in the way of the mission of the church. And uh, to reach more people with the gospel. And so the more encumbering things that we willingly bring into our life, like the less likely we are going to engage in the faithful work, which is of most importance uh, to Paul and his companions. And so here we have a sense where Paul is trying to give a sense of urgency uh, to those who are in the work of the church so that they can have some expediency. They can have like this agility in regards to how to bear witness to what Jesus is doing in the earth, right? And so being less encumbered. Uh, the image that comes to my mind is uh, when the people of Israel were getting ready to leave Egypt and they're eating the Passover meal, um, God tells them to like tuck in their uh, cloaks into their belt and to have their sandals on and their staff in their hand as they eat because uh, they're going to eat very quickly and they're going to have to move. And we, we get the sense of a similar metaphor here where it is best Christians, at least in Paul's mind, the faithfulness looks like less, uh, you know, less things that are, are that you're going to be tied down with and being more agile with your life. So Paul's like he's more into the, the rental instead of the mortgage payment, right? And so um, maybe we don't take Paul at the letter here, but maybe take the spirit of what he's saying here. Which is that any of us are tempted also to to get bogged down. Uh, we spend a lot of our days maybe on things that are of lesser importance, and uh, maybe we can just take the spirit of it. So, like that first line of this passage, once again, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. Okay, when time is short, you make the most of it, right? Think about a, a vacation that you take, and it was five days. You took off work, and you got your family together. You got on planes, but you got a little bit of jet lag, so you kind of chill in the hotel. I mean, they got those Harry Potter movies on one after another, right? And so. I mean, half of the day is wasted and you wake up, you got to adjust to the time change. But next thing you know, it's like day two evening time. And you're like, whoa, like in a couple of days, we're going to be checking in for our flight home. Like we've got to start fitting in everything we want to do here. And that's the sense that I think Paul is saying is the time is short. So uh, let's be focused. Let's lay some things aside. Let's be a little more diligent to the things that we know that we're called to. 
And uh, he says at the very end, for this world in its present form is passing away. Obviously, that language is steeped in the philosophical tradition. But um, what he's saying is like, you can enjoy life. You and I can enjoy life as now, but it, it does seem to be just a, a mere whisper to like all that we're going to experience um, and the re- restoration of all things. And so we need to love life. It seems to be like a, a you know, a dressing room for the way in which we're going to enjoy eternity for sure. Uh, but we also, not, we shouldn't get to way too bogged down, way too tied down. Uh, we should have some agility with our lives. And so this um, passage comes to us at kind of the beginning of the year. I mean, January's already half over, but uh, maybe we're looking at 2024. We want to make the most of it. We want to maximize it. And so perhaps we should spend some time today saying, okay, God, like um, I, you know, I'm an early adopter. You know, I could get into a lot of things and all those things are attached to people that I care about. But I know I can't do it all. I don't want to be exhausted. I don't want to be drained when it comes to diligently developing my spiritual life. So uh, what things can I lay to the side? Uh, this is Thursday after all, and our good friend Bob Goff, he has this practice where he quits something every Thursday, right? And take your life back. And so maybe we can enact uh, that little practice from Bob Goff. What's something that we can lay aside so that we can uh, be more focused and diligent about the most important things? So with those things in mind, we'll spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice today because you're with us, and we thank you that you've lifted us from a life of boredom by giving us a great adventure in the faith. And so we think that as we find life in you, we also find purpose and a commission within uh, the teachings of Jesus. And so we thank you that your life and your commission will take us to places we never dreamt we would go, uh, to be with people that uh, we never would have met unless it was uh, for the work of the church and the work of the gospel. As God say, we just thank you that uh, with the proclamation of the gospel, bearing witness to it, it gives us a sense of urgency. We do know that the time is short. We do know that this, the world in its present form is passing away, that it's going to give way to a glorious form, one where you are exalted and all of your people with you. And so, um, God, we just confess that we can lose sight. Uh, we can, as Jesus says, put our hands to the plow and look back. Uh, we can overcalculate and we can be given over to paralysis by analysis, and uh, we hear your gospel call, but often we are reluctant to take the leap. And so, God, this day, we simply pray that you'd stir us, stir our imaginations, allow our hearts uh, to be warmed to the idea of being your people. And I pray that wherever we go today, whether it's school or work or uh, hanging in community, that uh, we would sense there would be a sense of purpose in every room that we find ourselves in, and that we would lift up uh, lowly hearts, and that we would comfort those who mourn. And uh, we would draw people to the deeper life that you're calling us to. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.